Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today's episode is an interview with Faraz Khan, who is a longevity and hair expert. And our topic today is all about hair. And this is a project that is very near and dear to Faraz's heart because this is an issue that he himself has dealt with. And if you were to look at his picture, which hopefully you will, you can either see him on YouTube um, on this interview, which I will put up on YouTube, and or also you can find him on Instagram, which I'll give you the links for later. You will see that he is a walking testimonial for his product line, which is called Fully Vital. So Faraz has made it his mission for the last many years to solve for male pattern baldness. And as a result, he's become a total expert on hair loss, not just from male pattern baldness. We cover all the topics, all the reasons why people might be losing their hair, whether it's from aging, nutritional deficiencies, or a certain virus that seems to be making the rounds these days. So it's a full episode. Hope that you enjoy it. And if you decide that you'd like to try Faraz's hair system, and this is really a system, there's four parts to it. There's a nutritional supplement, there's a serum, there's a scalp massage tool, and there's a microneedling tool, which seems to be a big piece of any of these protocols that seem to really work. You will want to go to fullyvital.com if you decide you want to try it before you even listen to the podcast. And um, you will want to use discount code NAT. 15 NAT15, and that will give you 15% off your purchase. And also know that Faraz stands behind his product. If after three months of following his protocol and using this product every single day, you haven't seen positive results, he will actually give you your money back. I can't think of a better offer than that. Anyway, the episode, like I said, we cover a lot of topics all about hair. And people have made movies about hair. We love our hair, right? So it's it's a good one. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. I appreciate you all. And of course, if you get value from this episode, please make sure that you leave us a review and that you share it with your network, your friends, your family, anybody else who you think will get value as well, because this is how we get the word out. So thanks again and enjoy the episode. Hey folks, just a little bit of housekeeping before we launch into the episode. Please remember that all of the information provided in these podcasts is for information purposes only. We are never offering treatments, cures, whatever, for any kind of disease or medical condition. Anything you hear about here is going to be intriguing. There's some research around it, but make sure that you check with your medical provider before you go off and um, do any of this stuff for yourself. All right. Enjoy the episode. And also, if you're looking to connect with me for any reason, with your comments, questions, whatever it may be, you can reach me through my website, which is natnidham.com, or you can find me on Facebook in the Optimizing Superhuman Performance Group, or on MeWe in the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Group. And of course, you can also follow me on Instagram, which is at Natalie Nidham. Natalie is with an H between the T and the a, the second day. So thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy the episode. 
Hey, folks, just a quick word about a super exciting project I've got coming up this year for the very first time. I'll be co-hosting a five-day intensive retreat, a women's longevity and resilience retreat in beautiful Cabarete, Dominican Republic from March 25th to March 30th. If you want to learn more about this, please go to my website, natnidham.com, and click on the retreat tabs at the top of the page. Not only will you learn about your own genetics, but you'll also be learning about your own biological age. We'll be doing live blood cell analysis. We're going to be deep diving into all things biohacking, personalizing it for you. You'll get to have massages, go for hikes, go to the beach, sunrise walks, sunset walks, you name it. We've packed it all in. So to learn more, once again, go to natnidham.com and go to the retreats tab at the top of the page. Also, keep an eye on my Instagram account. I'll be hosting some Instagram lives over the next few weeks so that you can get your questions answered live. That's it. That's all. And I just had to tell you about this really exciting development. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Welcome, Faraz, to the podcast. It is such a pleasure to have you here today. Matt, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, well, you know, after the conversation, we had the other way with you on the other side of the mic, and we had discussed then doing this interview, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait. Like, because this is the topic we're going to talk about today is, it's just, you know, along with fat loss, I think that hair loss is one of the biggest, hottest topics. And it's one of the toughest problems for people to solve, really. And Mm -hmm. You know, you being an expert in this area and developing this expertise is really, it's fortunate, I think, for a lot of people. So why don't we start with your background? Because you have, you do wear two hats. Um, You've got hair wellness and you've got longevity as your other hat. So tell me about those two things, because we don't always associate those two with each other. Yeah. So great question. I started losing my hair, Nad, when I was 20 years old. 20 going to 21 and I was a soccer athlete in college and so for me I was the cool guy and I wanted to stay cool but deep down I was getting pretty insecure mm-hmm. because I was losing hair and uh, I just wanted the, my confidence back and it was it hit me really like a ton of bricks and uh, so I did what everybody would do go to naturopathic doctors look up holistic people try rubbing onion juice mm-hmm. taking biotin using all kinds of shampoos, supplements, and nothing really stopped my hair loss. They did slow it down marginally, but nothing really stopped my hair loss. And so it got so so bad that by my senior year in college, my roommates were calling me baldy. And at that point, that just broke me. But now I can talk about it and and actually have a conversation. Um, And so a few years after that, I was so desperate that I went to a hair loss surgeon and I said, just do a transplant surgery. Like, get me out of this. Like I can't deal with it anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. This insecurity and losing my identity every single day. You're right. And she said, no, 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 you're not ready yet. How about we get you on some pharmaceuticals? They'll, they'll slow it down. And so begrudgingly, I got on a couple of pharmaceuticals. That so is, I was this, on for- is this like the finasteride? Exactly. This yeah. was finasteride. So I was on finasteride for 10 years. And uh, just a few years ago, I decided that I'm not going to do it anymore because I'm in longevity and wellness and mm-hmm. anti-aging and, and natural everything. I can't be a hypocrite and be taking, you know, drugs. Yes. So I, I took it upon myself to fly around the world. I went, I went to hair loss conferences. I sat with the top hair loss transplant surgeons. I, I'm friends with hair loss researchers. 
I went around the world, actually, many, many countries and many cities in the United States and interviewed a lot of these folks and had a lot of conversations in front of the camera and then behind the camera for what's really working. And during that time, I developed a protocol that I could use and I could have my mother use because my mother gifted me this hair loss. It's from her side of the family. For sure. Well, it's it's and, it's carried by the mom, right? It's based well, on it's actually, typically? Yeah, it's or actually, is it not? It's both. It's both. It can come from both sides, really. Oh, it can. Okay, because I've, I've learned somewhere that it was the mom, like you, you look at your mother's father and if he... If he's follicularly challenged, let's say, um, the odds are that male offspring may end up with that same problem. Yeah. Yeah. It comes from both sides, but typically it's more on the mom's side, but it can come from both really. Okay. So anyway, so I developed this product or set of products, but it was more about the journey of learning everything and 20 years of insecurity and just wanting to find a solution. And so now I can say that for the last few years, I've been on natural products and my hair has gotten better. Thank you. Yeah, it's gotten better. And so I know a couple of things now, many things, about yeah. hair loss, what <laughs> causes things. it, Yeah, a few things. And so, yeah, so I'm glad to be here. Yeah, well, thank you for agreeing to be here. And, you know, and it's interesting about the finasteride, because from what I understand, I looked into it because I know another, um, well, I knew another young guy who was on it. And he suffers from a lot of depression and mental health issues. And I wondered if, and and I actually dug into finasteride a little bit and found out that it can drive some of these issues as well. Is that, am I? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So there's There's definitely side effects to it. Yeah. There's a thing called the post finasteride syndrome Mm -hmm. and you can go online and look, look this up. And there's people that have depression and anxiety that have libido problems that have sperm count, low sperm count. So it definitely damps down the androgens a lot. And so that can cause some long-term side effects. Some of them, very few people have permanent long-term side effects. So that's very scary. So how, how does it work exactly? It, it brings down and like literally alters your, your own androgen production. No. no. So what it does is there's, you know, testosterone. Yeah. I think one of the most popular hormones out there. But uh, testosterone converts to this metabolite called DHT, dihydrotestosterone, right? DHT is implicated in thinning of hair on your scalp. Mm -hmm. And so that is the same method, how it works in men and in women. It just shows up differently because in men, you see just a bald head up top and you have hair on the sides and the back. For women, it's still DHT causing the problem, but it's more dispersed. It's not, you're just, you're not going bald, thankfully. Oh, so it's spot, thinning of hair. But it's more dispersed. It's thinning of hair. So That's women, women would have thinner thinning. hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So it shows so so men and women can have the same problem, which mm-hmm. I would they both be considered male pattern baldness or yeah, or so would women they, is would called be female, female pattern baldness. I see, but it's still driven by the same mechanism of the testosterone being converted into DHT. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now there's there's two pieces to this. There's the androgens or the, or the DHT circulating in your scalp. The other piece is the receptors in your scalp that are the androgens are attaching to. So DHT attaches to the receptor and it weakens your hair follicle, right? So sometimes through heredity, you have these receptors that are just more susceptible to DHT that, that DHT attaches to preferentially. And so they just, unfortunately, they're, they're more receptive to it. And yeah. so DHT has an easier time 
yeah. uh, going to town and weakening the follicle. Okay. And is there, I mean, I've spoken to different people about this. Some people believe that it's an issue with the mitochondria in the hair follicle. Do you have, in your research, have you come across that as well? Or do you think maybe it's a piece of it or, you know, cause there's still, I think with a lot of these problems that are so intractable, there's very often there's more than one theory or hypothesis, if you will, for the reason, and people haven't really fully elucidated the full mechanism of action. How close yeah. do you think we are to figuring that out? And do you think the mitochondria are involved? Because actually, that's the other thing, like people will say red light therapy can be really helpful, as well as part of a protocol. Yeah, and I can address all of those questions. There's I've thoughts <laughs> on all of these. Uh, so first, how far are we from a solution? Every year, it looks like we're 10 years away. And then that timeline keeps getting pushed back. So at this point, I don't know. There's a couple of companies that are closer than others. Yeah. But I, I can't give you any date. Uh, maybe no, 2030, sure. right? Yeah. Well, who yeah. knows? Okay. Uh, in, yeah. Who knows? In terms of it, mitochondria is one of the main causes behind hair thinning. There's very little research on this topic, Nat, and there's been hundreds, thousands of studies that, that go after hair loss and why it starts in a 17-year-old male, but it can start for women as they're approaching menopause and their mm -hmm. hormones are changing. So there's hormones are definitely a big component and inflammation's a big component. People talk about, um, you know, blood circulation yeah. to the follicles as yeah. a component. Uh, there's definitely, as you know, we can all agree that mitochondria dysfunction causes the cell to not work as well. And the cell working is critical to everything. And so there's there's uh, some, not much evidence that mitochondria may be to blame, but that's definitely not something we can hang our hats on at this time. Thirdly, when we talk about, and we'll, we can address this later, but when we talk about laser companies, red light therapy companies doing research, it's, you know, when you look at a lot of their studies, yeah, the human hair cycle, normally humans lose 15 to 20% of their hair as we go from summer to fall. It's yeah. just a natural thing that we do, right? Yeah. A lot of these studies um, from my hair loss research, researcher friends tell me that these studies are done right around starting in summer and they go into fall. So all they're doing is delaying the loss of that hair, natural hair shedding. And so then they in fall, they can stand up and say, look, we saved 20% of your hair, but it's not that you save 20%. That hair was going to go anyway for the normal shedding cycle. And so it's, you know, you can say there are studies behind it, but are these doctored? I'm not sure, but I would like these studies to be at a different time frame than going from summer right. into fall and making those claims, right? Yeah. So maybe they're just a bit skewed. And um, okay. So let, I have so many other questions, but let's let's stick with the program. Yeah. You, We've laid out actually a nice flow here. So let's stick with it. So, sure. so let's talk about some of the different reasons that people can lose their hair. Because there's obviously there's the hormones. So for whatever, you know, genetically a person's body may convert testosterone to DHT at a higher level. Then you layer onto that a higher sensitivity of the DHT receptors at the hair follicle that weakens the hair follicle. So that's a double whammy, but there's, mm -hmm. there's other reasons why people lose their hair. So maybe you want to talk about that a little bit as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You nailed it. The number one reason men and women lose their hair is because of hormones. It's DHT, right? The androgen hormones. So that out of the way, there's a couple of different types of hair loss. Okay. One is when there's a rapid stress, be that surgery, infection, you get a virus that's going yeah. around. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you move to a different city, different country, you get a divorce, all of those big psychological or physical stressors yeah. can cause you to dump a lot of air two to three months out, outside of that window when the event happened. So that's a second type of hair loss. The third type, it could be from just ongoing things in your life. So what would these be? These would be nutritional deficiencies that are ongoing. This could be long-term stress, not crazy stress, but just ongoing stress for a long time. Mm -hmm. This could be your thyroid function, not working as optimally. This could be certain medications you're on. So this is more slow shedding, but continuous shedding over a long time. So these are the three major types of hair loss, hormonal, a quick shed when there's its response, it's in response to something big or just slow ongoing shed that's non-hormonal, but it's related to some of the conditions we talked about. Right. So what about like protein deficiency, you know, or even um, we were talking about earlier semaglutide, like a, a, this new, this new um, weight loss compound that's out there right now. One of the downsides of it is that sometimes when people lose a lot of weight over a period of time, they start to lose their hair. And mm -hmm. There's yes. a number of theories for this. And with this particular medication, people start to eat a lot less. And I think, I believe that if they're not eating enough protein over time, again, this can cumulatively result in, you know, a loss of hair. Do you, do you, is protein, is there a relationship there? Do you think, or? It's, it's not a strong correlation. People yeah. talk about, because if you think about it in the United States, at least there is not that much, that much deficiency in protein. No, I know. That's the, why I'm saying it's really specific to this one instance, though. Yeah, it's it certainly could be. Uh, yeah. But in terms of the major causes for hair loss, for sure. I don't believe that protein deficiency is one. So, but that's a good point. Um, when, and we touched on this, when people lose a lot of weight, Natalie, it's kind of same as you getting a big infection, your body's going through Stress. a big change. Yeah. And so it sheds, sheds a lot of hair at that time. That's really interesting. And also um, I find, although usually they recover from this, from this, but not always is women after having a baby, um, yes. you know, they get this, this massive growth of hair while they're pregnant, they have their baby and will lose a ton of hair. Most of the time, I think the hair comes back, but every once in a while you meet someone where the hair doesn't come back. And I've always thought that, you know, sometimes it's thyroid because thyroids get trashed with pregnancy for a whole number mm -hmm. of reasons. Has that been your experience as well? Like with around pregnancy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So as you mentioned, during pregnancy, you have gorgeous hair, beautiful hair, but as, as, and the, the reason as is because it's holding on, your body's just holding on. It's not shedding any hair for the nine months. And then suddenly after your pregnancy, it sheds all of those overdue hair. So you feel like right. you've lost a lot. Some women say they lose 20, 30% of their hair. And the reason that it doesn't come back sometimes, it could take six to nine months when it does come back. And usually it'll always come back. But sometimes women say it doesn't come back. And the reason is there's underlying other reasons for hair loss right. that have started. So there's a hormonal component now being added on that's preventing your follicles from creating the hair. Or you also have a nutritional deficiency or thyroid that you mentioned. Right. That's kind of suppressing the hair growth. So, you know, the way to really address hair loss is to figure out what types of hair loss you have and then just go after those. And once you get it all right, it's, it's not always easy, but once you get it right, then you can regrow hair. It's not that big of a deal. Huh. Okay. Well, then let's let's go to this question because um, how do how do people know? How do, know, how do they know what's driving their hair loss? Like, is there a way for them to figure out themselves or do they have to go to the doctor and run tests or is it a combination of both? 
Yeah, it's a combination, but I think you can do a lot just from home. So number one, almost always, as we mentioned earlier, hormones are the number one reason for hair thinning. Almost always when hormones are acting on your hair, you will start to see thinner hair. The diameter of your hair is going to get thinner and thinner. So the hair, the actual hair gets thinner. Yeah. Yes. So what you can do is this is so easy. You can, when you're shampooing your hair, when you're washing it, whatever hair is in your hands, start sticking them on the white tile or whatever color tile you have. Yeah. And you'll start to see, if you start to see hairs of different diameters or different widths, then you know, this is almost always hormonal because hormones thin the hair out. Interesting. If all your hairs are the same width, they look like thick, healthy hairs, then this could be hair shedding. And now we have, we can go down two routes. Number one is if you had, let's think back to, if it's a lot of hair shedding, like suddenly you're just seeing a lot of hair, then it's almost always something happened two to three months ago that's causing this shed. So, So don't worry too much. This will come back. But if it's just constant ongoing hair, month over month over month, and you're just losing it and, and it doesn't look like it's any thinner, Yeah. then it could be one of those other reasons, nutritional, thyroid, medications, um, uh, too much stress, ongoing stress. Mm-hmm. So that's the way to tackle it. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, great. So then, so what are the tests people should be looking for if they decide, okay, I can't really figure this out on my own, or I think it might be this, so what are the types of tests that people should be asking their doctor about um, if they yeah. think that this is a problem for them? Mm-hmm. Typically, two or three tests are the ones that are most important because, as you know, testing can get pretty expensive, Yeah, Natalie, <laughs> in the United States. So um, I don't recommend testing for everybody. But if you were going to get a test, especially if you're a woman over the age of 35, then the first test that's related to hair would be around thyroid. Yeah. And I would recommend the full thyroid panel plus the thyroid antibodies, because this gives you a full indication of mm-hmm. what's actually going on. The second test, and you don't necessarily need to test for this, but a lot of women, um, especially in LA and some of their metros are turning to vegan, vegan lifestyles or vegetarian lifestyles. And that makes them automatically deficient in many minerals and, and vitamins that are needed for hair growth. Uh, one of them is iron. Yeah, And so that's one we want to particularly pay attention. The iron and ferritin levels in your, in your blood can have a direct impact on your hair growth. So that's one, if you could get the iron panel, the full mm-hmm. panel, that'd be a good one. And then the third one, again, this is not that important, unfortunately, is the Dutch panel, which gives yeah, you more of a sense of what your hormones are doing. The reason I'm saying it's not that important, because you can't, you cannot look at your levels of DHT and correlate directly one-on-one with your hair loss. The reason being, it, it's not always more DHT that's causing the problem. As we discussed before, the, the receptors could be more sensitive for normal DHT levels. Right. And so this, if you wanted to test it, you could, but it's not a clear indication that this is going to cause, or this is going to help you find out what's causing it. Right. And there's also like a genetic panel will give you some insight into whether your body is, whether you're, you're at a higher propensity to really what happens is the body just shunts the testosterone to DHT preferentially rather than holding it on, holding on to it as testosterone, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's really helpful. So now, so now there's different patterns of hair loss, right? The people like you can, there's that, there's just the crown of the head. Sometimes there's the front. So 
does that tell us anything in terms of does that give us insight into what's driving the hair loss or or hair thinning, if we want to call it that? Yeah, it does, actually. So if you think about it, and it'd be very easy to explain this on a man's set, man's head, man's scalp. We all see men that are bald and they have this typical pattern on their head where they're bald from the front all the way to the crown. And then the sides, they still have hair and the back, they still have hair. So the hormonal component, for the most part, just affects that portion of your hairline. If you're losing your hair on the sides or on the back of your scalp, and the way to see this is you have to ask a friend, because for women, these you have long hair, so it's hard to kind of see. What yeah, you have on. to lift it up. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a friend, lift it up and take pictures. That way you can notice if you're losing your hair on the sides. Uh, if it's on the top, all the way in the front, then that is almost always hormonal, or the mm-hmm. chances are that it's hormonal is very high. But if it's on the sides, then it's not hormonal, almost always. And so that's one way to kind of figure out if, okay, if it's hormonal, then I got to do something else. If it's, if it's this other thing, then let me review some of these conditions that may be behind it. Interesting. So for women, because you see sometimes quite a lot of older women, so women in their 70s or their 80s who like their hair has thinned dramatically, but I guess it would be more whole head, right? Like it would be more like you notice it more here because you see it. But I guess that would be more of a of a full of of the full head thinning. Yeah. yeah, I, I suspect that a lot of it is on the full head, but I'd have to, again, review and inspect the scalp. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, some of that is age-related when it's just the follicle thinning. Um, and some of it could be additional hormonal on top of the age-related uh, or, you know, or nutritional. Deficiencies. Or yeah. nutritional, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, about a year and a half ago, I got introduced to a compound, which I think you've probably heard of called spermidine. Mm-hmm. Um, because I interviewed Leslie Kenny from Oxford Healthspan. And um, at the time, you know, I'd never heard of it before. And so I got some for myself. And then I sent a bunch to my parents because, of course, spermidine is one of those compounds that's really very important for longevity. And it gets more important as you get older. And my mom at that point was at a point where, I mean, she had hair like me when she was younger and she'd been losing her hair pretty consistently over that year, maybe before. And in her case, and I at that time put her on a double dose of the primidine. And within two months, I actually got a call from my dad saying, is it possible that this stuff is helping your mother's hair grow? And apparently it helps keep the hair in the telogen phase longer. Have you had experience with spermidine at all in this, in this respect? No, it's so new. Everything that, you know, we've worked on has 20 to 30 years of science behind it. There's some people that talk about, you know, this compound longevity compound that, that works on your scalp. Uh, I've heard of spermidine before, but uh, I just haven't, incorporated or looked into it deeply because there's such lack of scientific data around any of the stuff, new stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's an interesting compound. I think over time you'll probably dig into it yourself. Um, There's actually, I mean, there's, I, you know, I don't know how much there is specifically to hair, but definitely it seems to do a lot of wondrous things under the hood, as I like to tell people anyway, moving on. So we've talked about the nutritional deficiencies. Is there anything we didn't cover there? Kind of protein, iron, zinc is zinc an issue. There's there's the big four actually when it comes to nutrition. And these are very well known for the people that are in the hair wellness space. 
the big four are iron. Yeah. Vitamin D3. Zinc. And folate. These are the big four. And D3 actually thins your hair out as well, all over. And it the, thins the good it? part, it thins, it makes it Oh, thinner. you mean D3 deficiency? Yeah. Deficiency. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? yeah. Deficiency. Not, not getting enough D3. That's yeah. What we no, I was like, what? <laughs> No, no, don't. Yeah. So those are the big four when it comes to hair loss. So you want to make sure you're in the middle of the range for all of these. And we know that 70% of North Americans are low deficient in vitamin D, don't have enough of it. So please make sure you're getting enough vitamin D to just knock that out as a cause for thinner hair, weaker. Right. right? Yeah. Just knock. That's easy. 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 You can take a supplement. If you're vegan or vegetarian, then you're at risk for B12, folate, and iron deficiencies. Make sure to address those either supplementally or, you know, a different way if you want. Um, but those are easy. Those are easy. And it's just that people don't know, right? What's yeah. going on. That's, Although that's irons, I think iron's a tough one. That's one you kind of have to have, a, you know, confirmed by your doctor with, with a blood panel, which should be covered in your regular blood work. This is not, this shouldn't be a test that you have to spend a ton of money on, but understanding whether, because iron's kind of one of those double-edged swords, right? You don't want to, Correct. you want to, you want to be in the Goldilocks zone for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Too much iron has been implicated in hair loss and too little for sure has been implicated in hair loss. So you want to be in the middle of the range with iron for sure. Right. And then zinc's the other one, because again, you know, especially these days with COVID being such a big issue, we have people taking zinc all the time and not necessarily understanding that there's a very important relationship between zinc and copper um, that can get, that balance can get disrupted. Is copper implicated at all, like deficiency or in hair or not directly? Not directly. No, not directly. Zinc much more so. Okay. Interesting. Okay, great. Um, Okay, so let's say we've noticed our hair is thinning and we're, you know, getting that kind of knot in our stomach. How do we know if it's permanent or if it's reversible? Yeah, so the three different types of hair loss I talked about, the hormonal can lend to being more permanent right. because your follicle thins and thins and thins. And over time, you see this in men, they go completely bald. And if you ask me to revive a bald man's head, that's going to be very hard because these follicles, you know, there's new data that, that tells me that these follicles are not completely dead. So it's possible that we can revive a lot of even a bald men's hair follicles, but you have to do, you know, many things to do that. It's not that easy. However, for most people, and especially women that have, you know, sparse thinning, diffuse thinning in their scalp, um, the, the faster you take action, the more you can start to grow back some of that hair. So in terms of what do you do? First of all, you got to figure out what type of hair loss you have. If it's hormonal, Mm -hmm. okay, here's what you got to do. Address the hormones. And then I'll talk about some more things to regrow stimulations or stimulants to regrow hair. Yeah. If you have nutritional deficiency, well, that's easy. If you notice you have a thyroid problem or you've gotten a test, well, that's easy. You can fix the thyroid. Um, If you have a huge stress, you just got, for example, you got COVID or you you know, broke up with somebody or you had surgery, that's a different reason. So it's understanding where you're at and what type of hair loss you have. And then, and then the, the protocol to regrow hair in, in a lot of cases is not that different because one, you want to address some of the reasons for the loss, but to regrow hair, a lot of many things have been shown to regrow hair. And we can talk about those in a few minutes. 
Yeah, no, and for sure. And I mean, what you're really talking about is get to the root cause, like understand mm-hmm. what's driving the issue, and then yeah. you can basically make a decision about what to do about it. Hey, folks, just a quick second to thank our sponsor for this episode, Oxford HealthSpan, who make Primadine, the only spermidine supplement that I personally use and recommend to my clients and family. Spermidine has earned a permanent spot on my longevity stack. It has been shown to positively affect six of the nine hallmarks of aging including protection of DNA, as well as proper folding of proteins. That's just two of the six. In terms of visible results that people can expect to see after just one to three months, many users report better sleep, better hair, as well as better skin and nails. I choose Primadine because it is the only spermidine supplement on the market that is free of any additives or excipients, while including a prebiotic to feed your own gut bacteria to make more of your own spermidine. To try Primadine for yourself, just go to primadine.com and use discount code BIONAT15 to save 15% off your purchase. And now let's get back to the episode. So, you know, does hair quality come into play at all? Like when people talk about, you know, having their hair is really brittle or dry or they have dandruff, like, you know, can those be harbingers of trouble or are they just completely unrelated kind of thing? Yeah typically unrelated except for a dandruff and becomes seborrheic dermatitis that could have inflammation with the dandruff and inflammation can cause you to lose hair. So if you've got residue, buildup, dandruff, seborrheic dermatitis, deal with it quickly. If it's just a little bit of dandruff, it's not a big deal. It's not going to cause hair loss. But if your hair is dry or brittle, then you have to look at what's causing it. And a lot of times it's not enough um, sebum in the hair follicles. So making sure you're getting enough healthy fats in your diet, making mm-hmm. sure you have omega threes, you know, fatty fish, olive oil, avocado, nuts, just have more fatty foods in your diet. So your skin is glowing. It's moisturized as well as your hair is moisturized. So that's some of the reasons. Now you could also have brittle hair because you've over processed your hair over time. Sure. Women do this, right? Yeah. I've, yeah. I've never colored my hair ever. And partly because I was scared of losing my hair, but, mm-hmm. uh, but women do this on the regular and they're bleaching and perming and coloring. So this also leads to long-term damage. For sure. Well, those chemicals are pretty intense. I mean, mm-hmm. I still color my hair, so it's, uh, it's not to hurdle, you know, there's hair loss and then there's having hair, this color all over your head. It's a whole different kettle yeah. of fish. <laughs> well, you have, you have gorgeous hair Nat. so thank you. Job. Yeah. Well, that's, I wish I could take credit for it. <laughs> so <laughs> What about dandruff shampoos? And I, I think we're going to talk about shampoos anyway, but I, from what I understand, dandruff shampoos are particularly heinous in the world of, uh, of commercial shampoos in terms of the chemicals that they're using. Are there better ways to deal with dandruff than head and shoulders, not to call you out? Sorry, PNG, you know, yeah. it is the market yeah. leader, let's say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've got a home protocol that I use for dandruff. I don't use any of these shampoos anymore. And I've struggled with dandruff more than a lot of people. Luckily, I don't have any more it anymore. I've handled all my hair issues. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is I mix in some coconut oil, organic coconut oil or olive oil, and I'll use in sea buckthorn. Oh, sea buckthorn nice. oil is very good. Tea tree oil, clove, and thyme. If you can get all four of these, they're fantastic. If not, Sea buckthorn and tea tree will do the job. So I mix all four of those in a concoction, put it on my scalp, 
and just scrub my scalp for an hour or two. And then I just washed it off. That's that really helps. So this is all the oils. You know where um, a great provider of these oils are is I have a good friend in Toronto, well, in Ontario. She's not in Toronto. Her name is Nadine Artemis, and she owns mm-hmm. a company called Living Libations, which is all essential oils. And mm-hmm. if you're ever looking for an essential oil, like I think she's got them all. And, and I'm pretty, she actually has sea buckthorn trees on her property. Oh. I was eating sea buckthorn oh. berries off of the tree <laughs> at her place. <laughs> last fall and it's the most amazing tasting fruit like it's this crazy punch of citrus and but the oil um anyway she'd be a good source so you're saying so it's sea buckthorn coconut or extra virgin olive oil so those are the kind of the carrier oils as it were Mm -hmm. exactly and then the sea buckthorn the tea tree and the clove right Mm -hmm. okay really interesting and so do you do you provide this recipe to people at all is it on your website or is it just a little I bit of this, a little up. bit of that. You should write it up. I, I think that would be, I think that would go really well. Besides, it would smell really good, <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, the clove does not smell good. So No, but the sea buckthorn, just... yeah, and the tea tree, well, it would be kind of medicinal. But anyway, yeah. so how long would you use this for? Uh, typically, you want to leave it on your scalp for a few hours. Yeah. The, the longer you can leave it, the better. Yeah. But I understand if you have partners and they get you know frustrated by you putting all these oils Oh my God. You just, you, the room. you have an alone day. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. But like, so this is like a day treatment, not a every day for 10 weeks treatment. No, right? no, no. Once a week, once okay. a week, maybe twice a week. Yeah. When you okay. wash your, when you, whenever you shampoo your hair, just do it before that. Okay. And then you get to wash it out. Okay. So while we're on the topic of shampoos, let's talk about shampoo and let's talk about the commercial shampoos that are out there. Like, is it, is it really a thing you know, I get a lot of people, like I only use certain types of shampoo, um, get more natural. A lot of them don't create suds, which is super annoying because you're like trying to get the foam because we've been conditioned yes. to think that shampoo has to be super foamy, but it won't foam. <laughs> so, you yeah, know, I know. Right. But yeah. is it really a thing? Like is commercial shampoo that bad for you? I mean, we know the phthalates and the perfumes and all that stuff, but is there more to it than that? And what would you recommend people wash their hair with? Yeah, so this is a great question. As you and I both know, SLS, phthalates, benzoates, parabens, they're all in there. And these beauty companies leave them in for a reason because they help you sud or they help create this beautiful foam. And people love that and they're used to it. It feels luxurious and creamy. Yeah. Uh, but they have been implicated in... It's as endocrine disruptors, some of them are carcinogens, obesogens. And so you want to be very careful, especially when you use something over your lifetime and people are shampooing every two or three days. So I typically use natural shampoos now. There's companies that sell you stuff without any of this. And I use caffeine in my shampoo because it helps stimulate my hair. And so those are some of the tips that I have is to avoid as much commercial shampoos as you can. I know it's hard sometimes. But uh, use natural natural shampoos with none of the none of those ingredients. Yeah, and- I think that's such an important point, right? Because people forget, like we often forget, everything that hits your skin gets into your body, and your liver has to deal with. And yes. I actually have a funny story. I recently stayed at an Airbnb in Florida, and um, I don't, I, you know, I don't use scented laundry soap anymore. Well, whoever washed the sheets on this bed. 
I like it must have used, you know, both the bounce and the tide and the extra fragrance. Like I couldn't sleep for two nights because mm-hmm. it was it. so stinky. And you forget that you 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 lose the habit of being exposed to these things. And all of a sudden you get exposed to them and you're like, holy jumping, like this stuff is toxic. <laughs> I, I, I'm the same way. I, I, I don't know where I saw this recently, but I was on a bed where it had all these things in it and I'm go, wow. So that's what it smells like. It's so strong. I never realized this when I was all the years I was using it. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. But you get acclimatized to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's move into like the work that you do with people. So how is it that you help people get, because you work with people on and help them to get amazing hair. I mean, you've done a great job on yourself. Like, you know, you guys, this interview will be up on YouTube. So if you're listening to it and you want to see if, Faraz actually walks the walk and talks the talk and does the thing. He's a good ad for himself. He's got a great head of hair. So how do you help people get thicker and healthier hair typically? Yes, we've got a website company. We've we've developed hair wellness products for men and women. Mm -hmm. And we've got four products that that we do. And this is the, I would say, humbly, one of the most powerful plants out there in the industry because we're doing it from the inside out and outside in. And if nice. I can talk about the products real quick, and I'll show it to you on, on the YouTube for the folks on YouTube. For sure. We've got a hairbrush that we use every day. Yeah. We've got a derma roller. Yeah. We use every single, no, twice a week. Yeah. And then we've got a supplement, which gives you the new. You need to hold that thing. in front of yourself because it's fading into your background. There you go. Perfect. Okay. Enhanced hair supplement. supplement. Yeah. And then we've got a serum that goes on your scalp. Okay. Okay. And so these have wonderful pathways we're going after with this, this whole routine. And the way you use the routine is you use the hairbrush every single day, a hundred times on your scalp and you go vigorously, you get after it's it. A hair, so it's a massage, like a scalp massage is what you're doing it's, really. Exactly. And you're really getting in there. There's a multitude of benefits there. Number one, it's getting rid of any dead cells that have been sitting around. Number two, it causes it causes circulation to your yeah. scalp. And so there's more blood flow coming in. The blood brings in what? Nutrients yeah. that you need. And so that thickens your hair. Just using a brush will actually give you thicker hair. And so that's the first part of the protocol is you use the brush every night. Then you use the serum. The serum has you know, a lot of things going for it, but what we do is we target or balance the hormones on your scalp with the serum. So we're taking care of the DHT component. We also have antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, copper tripeptides, caffeine, adenosine. A lot of these things have, you know, just hair growth or hair stimulation properties in them. So we've got a lot of magical things mixed together after we address the root cause. And so that's why the serum is so important. We also have melatonin as a antioxidant on nice. the serum. I was going to ask yeah. you about melatonin. Uh, Terry Mugler yeah. talks about it quite a lot. Yeah. I love topical melatonin. It's the strong antioxidant and it's in her hair serum. So that's the hair serum. Then uh, you take the supplement. And as we talked about the deficiencies, those are covered by the supplement. It's got, again, this also addresses your uh, DHT from the inside. So we're balancing it both inside and outside. And it's anti-inflammatory, antioxidant. It improves your circulation to your scalp as well. So lots of good things happening. And then twice a week, we recommend people use a derma roller. Uh, 
Yeah. And the derma roller has been proven in multiple scientific studies to grow new hair, to grow new hair. Um, and so this has been, there's multiple studies. You can look them up or I'll put them, I'll send them to you, Nat. Yeah. But, well, we'll uh, put them in the show does, notes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this injures your, causes micro injury to your scalp, and then it, it causes collagen remodeling. And so your body says, okay, let me bring together collagen elastin and it creates better skin overall. But in terms of creating that better skin, you're, it also promotes, it also gets a lot of healing factors, growth factors, stem cells involved to heal your injury. And now you have better hair and new hair coming out. Uh, in fact, a lot of people, myself included, that have healed their scars with microneedling, mm-hmm. you see hair growing where it didn't grow for 10 years after you heal the scar and bring it down. So a lot of, a lot of magical stuff happening with the microneedling and we combine it together with our protocol to really and powerfully get after it and help you grow hair. So the difference is how, how are we different from everybody else? One, it's all natural. Yeah. And two, this is, you know, humbly the, the most powerful thing out there, the most powerful natural growth plan, because we're combining a lot of techniques together to really get your hair follicles into high gear. I love it. Well, and you've got the tripod, you've got, is it GHK that you've got in there? Yeah. You've got got the copper peptide in the the GHKCU. And interestingly enough, GHKCU is very powerful for healing and you're creating that little micro injury with the derma roller, which is a tiny, like a a bunch of little tiny needles, right? That's Mm -hmm. creating Mm -hmm. little tiny injuries. Um, that's fascinating. And so after the, I would imagine after the derma rolling, you're applying the serum right after that, just to to give access. Yeah. Yeah. To get it even deeper into your hair follicles. Typically when you use the, every night you use the brush and then use the serum, right? So we've already designed the serum to be able to get past the skin barrier, Mm -hmm. but the derma roller makes it so much easier. Of course. Of course. And do you ever have trouble convincing people who are losing their hair to brush their hair, uh, to run that brush through their hair a hundred times? Cause they're like, what are you talking about? I'm just going to be pulling my hair out. And do you, do you find that people kind of are resistant to that idea? I'm glad you asked. So grandma, if you remember grandma told you to brush your hair a hundred times every day, right? Yeah. She was right. And here's why. What we're doing now, Natalie, is, you know, this, especially women, they wash their hair once a week, maybe twice a week on a good week. Right. And so imagine touching a part of your body once a week for 10 minutes. Would you touch your face once a week for 10 minutes? No, women are obsessed with their face. They're massaging it, touching it, putting creams on it, washing it off, scrubbing it. Well, what's that doing? That's bringing a lot of blood flow. It's bringing nutrients. Your body knows it's got to take care of the organ. And with the hair, you're like, I don't want to touch it. Like it's going to get, you know, there's going to be moisture. It's going to look oily. You're ignoring an entire organ. Like this is a mini organ in there. So you're ignoring it. So my theory, and this is not a scientific fact, but when you're getting after really vigorously brushing your scalp, you're turning on your genes that improve Mm -hmm. everything around your scalp. You're bringing blood flow. Now, yes, in the beginning, you will lose hair. How many? It depends. The first time I did it, I think I had 250 hairs in the sink and I was mortified. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to continue doing this. Right. But after a couple of weeks that went down to 30, 40 hairs. And since then, every time I brush, I brush for about three to five minutes. I go for more than a hundred. I go for maybe 200 you know, yeah. overachiever hair. Yeah, but, well. uh, yeah. <laughs> You're motivated yeah, but and you've seen the results. I'm motivated. Exactly. So 
yes, in the beginning, you will see loss. But again, there's a lot of these things are working for you. Just trust in the process. And after two or three weeks, it'll get down to 10 or 20 hairs. And last thing I will say, all the hairs that are falling out of your scalp today, they actually disconnected from the hair follicle two to three months prior. They're already gone. Yeah. They're already gone. They're outside the antigen or the growth phase. So they're just sitting there. Getting rid of them is actually making space for a new hair to come, come in behind them. Yeah. I love that. And you know, I think what the important distinction to make is you're, you're massaging your scalp. You're not so much brushing your hair. I mean, you're, you are brushing your hair as a result, but the point is to stimulate the scalp. And it's interesting what you say about washing our hair two or like a couple of times a week. Like that's what I do because blow dry, because I have a lot of hair on my head, blow drying my hair is a Royal pain in the bum. (laughs) You know, it takes, it takes a long time. And, and, and I'm, and I have the luxury of having hair that it's going to look great for two, three, four, five days, even if I, if I let it go that long, but it's an interesting idea that you bring up that to bring blood flow to the area, to stimulate the, all of the processes that happen when you, when you massage is a really interesting concept. And I guess to that end, even though there's maybe not as much of the science behind it, if somebody did have a red light device, it wouldn't, I'm sure it wouldn't hurt to the point Uh where it's stimulating. It's also stimulating blood flow. It's bringing energy to the mitochondria. Like it's not, even though, you know, you haven't quite, I'm sure the day that you see the science, there'll be You'll have some kind of a recommendation for a red light device, but if people already have them, it's not yeah. going to hurt. No, no. I actually used, when I was growing my hair two years ago, I have a, somewhere, I have a red light therapy device that I was, you know, it was a cap. So I put a cap on and as part of my protocol, yes, was it better? Probably. I don't know that by itself it did much or yeah. what, what part of the protocol did what, because I was doing four or five things at once. Uh, it's, I still have it, but I just don't use it anymore. Cause, uh, you know, I, I do this. So yeah. yes, if you have yeah. it, feel free to use it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So let's talk about a topic that I think is a really hot topic right now. And, and I do think what's interesting about it. Well, actually, no, before I ask you that, cause we'll kind of ask, I'll ask you that at the end is how long can people, how long does it take for people to see results? I think that's actually a bigger question because, so you're going to start this, this stimulation of the scalp. You're going to see a fair amount of hair in the sink at the beginning. Hope it should slow down over a couple of weeks, but how long before people start to see hair growth or start to see results kind of thing? Yeah, so, so other companies will tell you, Natalie, that take whatever they're offering for three to six months yeah. to see results. Do you have time to sit around for six months and see if something works? Well, especially when you're losing it. Like, <laughs> right. Like you're mortified, your stress levels are through the roof. You're losing a part of you every single day. You don't have six months. And so the reason we designed this protocol is to get you results as quickly as possible. And I would say that people start to see results in about 60 to 75 days, which wow. is, That's which a is couple super months. fast. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. a couple of months. And the reason is because we're using multiple ways to grow your hair and stimulate your hair. And we're on it. We're doing things every single day. So yes, you could take a supplement and wait four to six months and see what happens. But if you are serious about hair growth and having good hair, then I would say just go all in, get our protocol, go all in. And if it doesn't work for you for whatever reason, send it back to me and refund you your money. Great. So I think for people, I mean, you just order your two to three months supply go big and then 
and then deal with it later. And I mean, you know, for me, I have so much respect for companies and there aren't too many of you guys out there who stand behind their products and will give people their money back because Mm -hmm. if you're willing to do that, then you really believe in what you're doing. Otherwise you wouldn't be in business. (laughs) Yeah. You, you know, you look at that, all the hair companies out there and you say, okay, who's behind it? Did they have the problem? How did they discover it? What's the story? And nine times out of 10, the story falls flat. Right? Yeah. They had nothing to do with hair. They just hired a chemist to make a product and now they're marketing it really well. And uh, what sets us apart is that it was a 20 year journey. And this is what I do every day. And we stand behind the products and, and even call, like just call us. We'll guide you, answer questions. We want, we just want to see stories of success. I love we, it. We're not interested in just selling product. Okay. All right. Well, before we wrap up, because I know... How are we doing for time? Oh, we're okay for time, actually. Yeah, we got um, 15. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited about this. Okay, good. So, because I do want to ask you about COVID. So, one of the things that I've seen a lot in my group is people get COVID and they lose their hair. And this, and sometimes it happens right away. Sometimes it happens to your point, it's that shock to the system. It takes a little while to happen. But I've spoken to people where months later, they're still struggling to grow their hair back. And from my understanding, it's like, it's not actually only unique to COVID-19. It can happen with other viruses, like other influenza viruses. But um, so what's your experience been there? And is this the product to do it? Or is there another approach that you would recommend for people who, and, and I mean, we're, it's still early days, right? We're what, two years into this pandemic. So what have you learned so far? Yes, what we've learned is anything that's a big stressor to your body, and COVID certainly is, as we've seen, your body just retracts all the core nutrients and all the vital resources to the core organs because it has to save you from whatever's coming at it, right? The virus. And so it dumps a lot of hair. It gets rid of hair. Your hair goes from the growth phase into this resting um, resting phase called catagen and telogen, where it just sits there and then it starts falling out two to three months later, which is why you see typically with COVID two to three months later, people start losing a lot of hair and it could yeah. be 30% of their hair, which is traumatic. It's a yeah. lot of hair, right? And so you, people are very worried and rightfully so. And so, yes, will this hair come back in a few months? In six to nine months, most of this hair should come back unless there is a second condition that's now masking that was always there. And now mm-hmm. that's taken hold. So there's a hormonal component now. So it's not going to let you, all your hair come back. It's like, well, I got a chance. I'm just going to miniaturize you right here while yeah. I have you down here. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. beat you while you're down in the dumps, right? So um, the reason why our protocol especially is helpful for COVID folks is because it stimulates your hair growth in multiple ways. It addresses the hormonal component. So you know that that's not going to stop it. It addresses the nutritional component. So, you know, that's not going to stop it. It has anti-inflammatory antioxidant uh, compounds in it. And you're literally stimulating your hair every day. You're like, come on, let's go. They're turning genes on, which we don't know they're doing at this point, but we'll find out as the years go by. So um, yes, it's, it's dramatic. It happens two to three months after it doesn't just have to be this particular COVID virus. It could be any influenza virus, a surgery, bariatric, losing a ton of weight, all of this can cause a huge shed. And, you know, when you're especially trying to regrow hair from a big shed, you're, you're very stressed. So you Mm -hmm. want to minimize the reasons that there could be hiding underneath. So that's why it's best to go with an all out protocol where you know that your chances of success are so much higher than 
if you just took a supplement and you yeah. tried it out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are the chances, right? It's 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 a hit or miss at that point. So yeah. that's why we have multiple biohackers actually that are on the protocol after COVID. And I can't name names, but uh of course but not. they're yeah. So they've been on it for a while and we'll get some results with them very soon. Nice. Well, and the other thing that can go south after any kind of big infection like that is thyroid function. Because again, because of the stress, the whole um, adrenal thyroid hypothalamus, that whole that whole axis gets thrown out of whack. So mm-hmm. paying attention to the thyroid at that point as well. Like I think following an illness like a COVID-19 virus or whatever the case may be, hopefully what that does for people is it forces, well, it brings them to a place where they want to refocus their, their, um, their energy on their health and basically don't just worry about one thing, like go at it systemically, look at your lifestyle, get a blood panel done, look at what your thyroid is doing, support the thyroid, the adrenals. And then to your point, bring attention to that scalp and really help to, get the, the, the engine going again, as it were. Yeah. We, you know, in life humans, we have this tendency to take things for granted until we're given a wake up call. And so COVID is a wake up call relating to health for a lot of people. Hair loss is a wake up call relating to your hair for a lot of people. Cause here's the other thing I see a lot of my female friends in their twenties and thirties do. They, they, they have beautiful, gorgeous hair. And when you ask them, what are you doing? They're like, oh, it's all, it's just extensions. not a big yes. deal. They're wearing a I'm lot of extensions in their twenties and thirties. So let's just peel back and see what's, what they're doing. So extensions make you look bold and beautiful, which we all want to be right. A goddess with beautiful hair, but they're pulling and tugging on your hair for days, years. And so what that's doing is it's damaging the follicle that's holding the hair follicle, right? It's damaging the, the cells. And so constant pressure and tugging over many, many years will cause your follicles to get damaged and you will permanently lose some of those hairs. So especially, and this also happens with women that have very tight hairstyles. Yeah. They start to have permanent hair loss because that constant tugging and pulling on the hair follicle will cause you that follicle to become damaged. And then I've you cannot grow. From my, from my classical ballet days of having my hair pulled back in a ponytail yeah. all the time, right? Or yeah. teaching fitness or whatever, and always having my, my hair pulled back. Um, mm-hmm. But that also actually really became pronounced when, actually, I was talking to you about this before this podcast. This is, this is indirectly hormone-related. Um, you know, because I've been delving into this world of peptides and, and all this stuff, one of the compa- one of the class of compounds that I kind of got introduced to and played with a little bit were SARMs, which are which stands for selective androgen receptor modulators. So these are compounds that can be really good for losing fat, for building muscle, um, except that they mimic androgens. And I was using one in particular, and it, I was really only maybe a couple of weeks in, and I'm sitting and noticing that there's a lot of hair on my desk all of a sudden, and I. <laughs> And I went to put my hand through my hair and literally my hand came out filled with hair. And that just, I mean, you can only imagine like that just freaked me right out. And that was the end of the SARMs for me. I think I tried two others after I had the same result. And I do believe that it caused, um, it really created a much more pronounced indent. So for those of you who are listening to this, it's just on the side of my head at the temple on one, just on one side. 
there's a little a thinning of hair. And um, and that was my decision. I was like, and we were talking about this earlier. I'm like, I'll take some punch over losing my hair. <laughs> I'm like, I'll yeah. just work a little harder at the gym. I might dial in my nutrition a little more. We now have new magic tricks we can pull out of our toolbox, as it were. But definitely um, this whole, I, the, I think the, the SARMs augmented it, but as well, I think there was, there was always been a bit of a weakness there because of physically pulling my hair back. And we don't think of that as causing permanent damage. Right. And the hair extensions, I guess it's the, is it the weight or is it the actual in, I was going to say installation, but the actual application of the, of the, the ex- I've never had hair extensions, so I don't know what's involved. Well, good for you. That's why you still have great hair, Nat. Uh, <laughs> I think I think a lot of it is just the constant tension over time. That's right. predominantly the, the the reason why it's happening. There's obviously tugging and pulling when you're attaching them and pulling them in, but it's it's short. That's not too much. It's the constant extensions and the weight that they're adding to your hair follicles that they have to carry around all day. Yeah, that's what's causing the problem. And coming back to what you just mentioned with SARMs, I hear from a lot of women that get on testosterone, exogenous testosterone supplementation. And they're, you know, taking pellets or, you know, injections or whatnot. And they're losing hair. They're losing a lot of hair because as we mentioned, the number one reason for hair loss is hormonal and testosterone converts directly to DHT and that can cause thinning and and hair, hair loss. So just be careful with any androgen supplementation. And especially if you're you know, if you're experiencing hair loss, then we need to address it in, in, in many ways. Absolutely. The, on the testosterone front though, I mean, I use as part of my BHRT suite, I do use very low dose testosterone, but I think it has to, this speaks to, you've got to be working with someone who knows what mm-hmm. they're doing and you have to watch for the signs and symptoms that things could be going sideways. Have an under, if you have an understanding of your genetics, that can kind of give you a little bit of a you know, we need to watch out for this if you know that you might have that genetic predisposition, but it's also dose dependent. And this is where I think the pellets are a real problem because once you put one of those pellets in, you are stuck with it for three months. And if your hair starts jumping off your head, that's a long runway. <laughs> yep. It's a lot of stress. That's a lot of stress. That's not, that's just going to compound the problem. Right. So, okay. Well, have we left anything unsaid? What else, uh, what else can we cover that you wanted to cover for us? I think we've done a pretty thorough job, but. I think so. I thank you for your questions. They were very insightful. I think the most important take home message for people is that once you understand the types of hair loss you have, it's not that complicated to start to kickstart regrowth in your hair follicle. And two, I would just advise you to maybe think about touching and loving your hair more often. Like, don't be so scared of touching your scalp. Don't wash your hair once a week, especially if you're undergoing hair thinning. Just love it. Just, you know, just get a bunch of things, get a whole protocol together and make that work for two to three months. And the most important tip is you have to be consistent. You can't use a serum every three days and say, well, it's not working. Yeah. Of course it's not working because it's on for four hours and for the next 70 or 68 hours, there's nothing protecting you. Yeah. So you just have to be consistent for a while. And then you don't have to do this full protocol for the rest of your life. You can start to ease up once your hair comes back. Nice. And so one last question, actually. So for the oil, the serum, would the best way to go basically be to massage it in at night before bed 
go to bed with it in and then wash your hair in the morning? Like, would that not make the most sense or no, not so much? It would make the most sense. So we labored for months to make the serum as non-oily, as non-sticky, as lightweight as possible. So, you know, there's lots of people using it, but when I, the way I use it, I put, I put it on, I brush my hair every night, you know, 200 times, then I'll put it on. And then by the time I wake up, my hair is dry. It's 99% dry. And so I just style it normally and I feel- Oh, so you don't have to wash your hair in the morning? No, you don't have to. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that's so cool. So you can basically just let the serum absorb and it's got to condition your hair to a point, which explains Mm -hmm. your great head of hair. Okay, I love it. (laughs) All right, so for us, where do people find you? How do they get a hold of this amazing solution for themselves? How How do they connect with you? Okay. How do people biohack their hair? Here's how to do it. Go to fullyvital.com. That's F-U-L-L-Y, vital.com. And yeah, you'll see the whole system. I would recommend if you're going to give this a go, please get the system. We're here to support you. Call us, email us, we'll support you. And, you know, for anybody listening, we have a special discount for Nat. It's Nat15. You get 15% off whatever you buy and you have access to us. Call us, text us, email us, take pictures, take a hundred pictures before you start, take pictures every 30 days, hold us accountable. We don't just want your money. We want to help you. I love it. Thank you so much for us. This has been amazing. And thank you for the work that you've done. Like, obviously this has been a labor of love and lifelong journey and you're not done, but it sounds like you've made some really good headway here. Pardon the pun. Thank you. <laughs> pun intended. Thank you. It's, yeah, I know. It's like your biggest, I guess, you know, your source of feeling bad about your life, about, you know, not having hope. It's, you know, day after day. And I know people that are going through hair loss will, will uh, you know, agree with this. But on a day-to-day level, it seems like you cannot take this weight that has come on you. And every day you ask the universe, why me? Mm-hmm. Why did you pick me for this, for this thing? But you know, as, as they say, like God gives some of his hardest challenges to his tough soldiers. So, and it makes you tough. So I'm not saying yeah. that I'm any special, but uh, I decided to do something about it. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people are going to be very happy that you did. So thank you so much for being here. And, oh, are you on Instagram by any chance? Or how do people find Absolutely. you on Instagram, social media? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> anti, anti-aging hacks, one word, anti-aging hacks. That's my Instagram channel you can go uh find the hair one on fully vital hair and i'm also on antiagingHacks.net, where all the podcasts that i do with anti-aging experts like natalie they go (laughs) up there and so you can go access them and see the youtube videos so yeah amazing love it well thank you so much i know you've got to jump um have yourself a great night and thanks for sharing this this has been amazing Absolutely, Natalie. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate you. My pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly or if you'd like to leave any comments or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. 
Thanks again. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.